Welcome to the Basketball Connections podcast. Basketball Connections is an international organization started by FIBA coach and NBA scout coach Terry Layton. Basketball Connections is an international organization to connect coaches and players from around the globe. And we're very excited about these next episodes to come where Coach Terry Layton gives some tips to help you as a player and coach. And so we hope you enjoy this podcast. So I'm going to hand it over to Coach Terry Layton and we can go ahead and get started. Thanks again for listening. This is Basketball Connections Podcast in Caspasia to talk to us today. And Chuck Arnold is going to do the interview. And I want John to talk about his experience of England and the Caribbean with junior college basketball and what he sees going on in basketball now in the U.S. and globally. Well, Terry, uh, it's, it's a pleasure to have uh, the opportunity to do this because, uh, you know, I, uh, in fact, I just got done with the junior college championship. We had 18 teams in, uh, in Danville this last, uh, just about a, two hours ago. And uh, probably 50, 60 college scouts. Uh, and then we had a young man, uh, Denzel Letter, that, that worked out uh, along with, we had a showcase of some other players for coaches to see too. So it's been a busy day from nine o'clock this morning. So we just got done. Um, so, you know, it's all about uh, exposure for those guys. Um, sometimes the uh, community college guys don't get as much, you know, the guys for Rick Ball does a good job, Jerry Mullen and, there's other ones out there, but you know we're, we're always trying to make sure that those guys get every opportunity to be in front of college coaches, be it Division three, NAIA, Division two, or High Division one. And every once in a while, we even catch some pro guys that you know, come to these jamborees. So uh, uh, the exposure part is important because uh, you know they're trying to get to the next level, and they've either you know. Despite what some people think, and sometimes they think it's because of them, their grades are not good. But sometimes, a lot of times, it's somebody just did them, or maybe they played out of position, or maybe they played the small high school. I just had a six, seven kid that, that, that was on our team at Milford High School, a school about two hundred, played for us as a freshman. In the last three years, I've had to play against him because so I retired from Milford and helped Schlarman High School. He's really improved. I mean, he's gotten stronger and bigger and. And uh, that has to do because, uh, you know, uh, the schools they're playing were Class A schools in the state of Illinois. There's four classes. So you, you, get those, you get a lot of those also. Or maybe the, maybe the guy, uh, you know, he had really good team around him and, and everybody was pretty good. But, uh, you know, when he gets to be on his own and he gets that exposure, uh, be it a shooter, a point guard, or whatever may be the case, uh, you know, it gives them that opportunity to, you know, a diamond in a rough. Same thing, Ling, that's what we find about the Caribbean, Terry, is that uh, they're underexposed. I mean, you know, you've uh, you've been up and down the uh, South America. I've been up there all over the Caribbean from Antigua, St. Kitts, Turks and Caicos, uh, Trinidad, uh, Dominica. Uh, we played this last year. I coached Antigua Barbuda men's team and played in Suriname, and we saw... Uh, Barbuda, we saw uh, Montserrat, we saw uh, Guyana, which beat us in the, in the gold, uh, gold medal game, uh, Suriname, uh, and uh, uh, Barbados, um, trying to think St. Lucia, St. Vincent's. Uh, they, they had players, just nobody knew about them. 
These guys that you're that you're training are these uh, American guys or international guys? Well, the guys in, in Antigua are all uh, Antiguans. They played college basketball. Half of them didn't, and uh, one of them was 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 born in the United States. A kid named Ernest Scott that played at Valdosta State. Um, young man Enzo Lecter is from Pernama. I'm training. Guys, college coaches looking. In fact, he's done a trip up to Northwood University as I speak. Uh, how I got involved is kind of unique from the standpoint. Uh, I guess it goes back to my family heritage because my grandfather. So it, it just, you know, it just it kept going. And I took a pro job in England back in 2002. I was in England for a whole year with the uh, uh, British Basketball Association and our British Basketball League. And I got in contact with an agent, and, uh, Chris Warren, and we could be in good friend so when I left England I just kept in contact so I started doing pro tryout stuff and you know the guys were going overseas and we were doing stuff in Vegas and and I kept doing camps down in St. K- uh, Antigua and St. Kitts and I have a also as a shooting instructor I you know guys call me to come in and do stuff or administrator do athletic evaluation so it just kind of grew from there and uh, uh, we after the Antigua thing, we placed uh, eight uh, Central Basketball Association players because they asked me if I wanted to be the, the national coach. That's how I ended up with those contacts. And uh, since that, you know, uh, because of my experience, I have a FIBA license, which you can't coach a national team unless you have a FIBA license. And I had uh, a USA basketball license, and I also had an English uh, basketball uh, license. So. I've been involved with the international stuff since 99. And I've gone to the Philippines, Italy, uh, you know, again, uh, coaching in England. We did play in Scotland and played in Wales. And uh, like I said, I've, I've done stuff uh, uh, in uh, Trinidad and Turks and Caicos. And, and I've had calls to, to go to Australia and Lithuania. Norway is one. I got an agent wants me to go to Norway and do some stuff. And I've, I've had some of those people come into Danville, uh, a group from Sweden, a group from um, Korea. Uh, I know I'm missing some ones. Uh, I think we, uh, and I've had international players on my teams from Brazil, uh, Czech Republic, two or three from England, several from the Caribbean. And uh, uh, so it's been one where we not only recruited them, but we brought them in. And it was not only just men's basketball, but we had women and, and we had tracksters that we did. So I, I live in Danville, Illinois. Uh, I, was a, I was the athletic director and head basketball coach at Danbury Community College for 24 years. Okay. And I, I retired with Scottsdale, Arizona for a couple of years and then uh, was in New Mexico military and then came back and coached some high school basketball here in the area and uh, in at Milford and then here at Danville Strong and then uh, I've got a prep school that they convinced me I need to come back and coach uh, this next year. We have a kid from 6'11", kid from England, and a 6'3", wing from uh, Dominican Republic I helped place there. Okay. Coming back, I've always been in the the public school system before. Um, I just got back from coaching in Malaysia. So doing the prep school thing is something I'm not too familiar with. Well, the prep school thing depends. Ours is, it just goes from eighth grade to high school, and there's one that's had the postgrads like Lalamere and, oh, uh, 
the one out of Vegas, and then, uh, you know, uh, oh, uh, the one in Florida, and then you got Oak Hill Academy. And, uh, yeah. So, you know, the, those are pretty powerful programs. Ours not quite that powerful, but it, it's, we got two very, we got two gyms with nice weight room, uh, 80 some kids total. So it's, and we play pretty good schedule. So, uh, you know, and, and it's not for every kid because there's, there's, you know, there's, uh, quite a bit of discipline and people have to go to class and have to have a study table and so forth. So it's a time consuming and, and really controlled structure that those kids are under at, at Lost Love. And what you're doing now with all of your experiences, what are your goals as a coach now? Uh, I just turned 68. Birthday was last Friday and had a 50 year reunion. So, <laughs> uh, I, I think as a coach, Maybe it's not to go continue to coach a team, but try to help as many kids have an opportunity to go to college. I think that's what Coach Layton and I have decided that's something we want to do. We just think the Caribbean's under recruited. Uh, I was just, I came back from Antigua here about a week and a half ago, and we had uh, Coach Reckway from Northwood uh, University was there to look at some players, and he's Maybe the ones he can't take, he's he's got ones that he's going to call coaches about. Same way with myself. Uh, I'll, I'll see myself doing more of that because uh, you know the rewards of seeing those uh, people have an opportunity to go off to college and do something uh, that helps our society is is a part of um, I guess my calling. I guess that'd be the thing. Uh, I had a very serious car accident about four years ago. Uh, when I was at Milford High School, and, uh, you know, I think that changes some of your thought process. You know, winning games and everything is, uh, we get so absorbed in that sometimes as, as coaches and the time we spend that sometimes we miss the big picture. And the big picture really is, is, is how many of those people can you touch and, them, you know, uh, be better protective people. I'll give you one quick example. Uh, Randy Samuel played for me. He was 28 years old when I saw him down in the islands. He was down to the last chance. Uh, when I saw him, I, I went down the first time I'd been down to the islands, and that's before they had, had to have a passport. And uh, he had been to the States a couple times, had some opportunities, and for whatever reason, the coaches changed and didn't, didn't get to keep his scholarship. So I was down there to see him more so I need a, a guy to be a blender, a guy that was, I know it wasn't going to be a problem, worked hard, was appreciative of being on the team, and Randy had been a national coach, or national player, uh, on the national team in Antigua, so when I saw him, and I interviewed, so it was just like a job, I went to talk to people he'd worked with, and people that he'd coached with, and uh, I pretty much made my mind, I, I knew enough that if he played national team, he had to be a decent player, so we, we uh, I saw him play, it was down at Grace Farm, and, and next thing uh, I know, he played about a court, and he, then he slipped off the side of the uh, uh, court, uh, was kind of elevated, and twisted his ankle, and he was done the rest of the time. Well, I'm sure in his mind, him and I just talked about it uh, a couple weeks ago, and, you know, uh, I'm sure he, he was thinking, that, oh, here it is, here's the coach come to see me and, and take a chance on me, and, and I get hurt, and now there, there's my last chance. It's not going to ever happen. Well, that was far from the truth. I had already made my mind up that I was going to take him, and we did. And he came back. He, he played a little bit as a 
freshman. But he was so appreciative of getting the opportunity to come to college and do what he did. Uh, I remember trying to get him in the game at the end. A lot of guys don't like that. But he said, Coach, hey, I'm here to get an education. I appreciate what's going on. We won the game. Uh, and I don't get my opportunities time. And he did as a sophomore. He loves us rebounding and scoring. And, and we got third in the country. So uh, he's now a, a customs officer at 15 years old, one of the hmm. upper-level customs officers in, on the island of Antigua. Wow. So, I mean, those are the, and that's just one of many stories of uh, ones that uh, I could tell you about. And I've got another one there, uh, Emil John from Barbuda. Barbuda, a small island, uh, you know, was decimated in the hurricane. I mean, they, 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 they closed it. I mean, they said it was inhabitable. Well, you know, they, now they got it built back up a little bit. But anyway, you had to fly in a six passenger plane to get there. And as I was going into the island, I looked down and there was goats running across the, the airfield. And I go, what did I get myself into? Lo and behold, I got a chance to see Emil John play. And he's about 6'3". He's a very good athlete. And we took him. The only, and I was probably the first American coach ever to go to Barbuda, as, as I understood it. But it, it ended up, uh, I just saw Coach uh, uh, Hurley. At a clinic, and he was. He, they had a sister city program with Antigua. And he he told me the same story. He came in and did a clinic for him in Barbuda. So uh, I'm talking about Bob Hardy Senior. Yeah, yeah. Jersey. So uh, you know those are the kind of things. And, and Emil got his degree. He runs him and his brother run a, a, a kind of outdoor restaurant type thing uh, where they cook food stuff for people to stop by. And works very hard at it. And, uh, you know, those are the kind of guys that, uh, uh, you know, you're, they appreciate all the things you do for them. Being an international coach, and I, and I don't know how the Caribbean relates to this, but one thing that I always struggled with in presenting the opportunity where some of, some of the talented guys, you could have opportunities to come to the U.S. and uh, play college ball. But one of the things I always ba- battled was uh, – Players, players over in, in Malaysia, Indonesia, Singapore, like they don't even play a three-on-three tournament unless they're going to make money. And so they're getting picked up at young ages um, by by these smaller club teams or even like the state and national team give them, uh, give them stipends if they if they make the team. So it, do you see any of that where you go in the Caribbean? Not, and, not as much in the Caribbean. That's, you know, it's just not as prominent. You know, they do have three-on-three tournaments. It's just, I guess because we're so close to the United States, there's more of those guys get off that. It's like the top four or five guys I had in the national team all played. Uh, Brian Matthews played at Iona, played at Daytona Beach. Uh, um, Lynch McCoy played at Indian Hills. Indian Hills one of the top junior college teams in the country. Mm. Still holding the national record for 80 some, 88 wins in a row. Uh, played at Idaho. Uh, Mario Davis played at, uh, I think, Missouri Southern. Uh, Joshua played at um, uh, Campbellsville. So, and played junior college basketball at Spoon River. So, you know, those guys, uh, and all, most of them played overseas in, in Dominican Republic or Spain or China, whatever may be the case. So that hasn't been as prominent down there. So um, I, I really have not run across. I think the biggest issue that I've run across there is a lack of knowledge of what goes on with the NCAA, and that's the case of all of us. I mean, the rules right. change rapidly, and 
And then the other part is financial. Financial exposure, I think the rules, the finance and the exposure. The fi meaning, you know, not every every college has full rides. I mean, yeah. you know that, and I know that. That's another issue. You know, if you're an NJCA Division II team, you can't afford to fly them in. they got to fly in on their own, and they can only get tuition fees and book. Well, they can get a job once they get there, but they're going to have to have a sponsor to help them. And I've run across that several times with several of the kids. And, uh, Randy Samuel was on the floor. He had a sponsor, big banana sponsor, help sponsor him for his uh, meals and his housing. So, um, you know, those are kind of things you run across in the Caribbean more than a problem. And the lack of exposure because... Antigua was unique because they used to take a team called the Mongols and Triples used to come in the States and play. And they used to play up in, in uh, Milwaukee and Chicago. Uh, they had a big tournament up there. And that's how those guys got exposure. They got exposure mm. to college guys. And they, they quit that. And then they, they used to travel and go in and play the JCs and the NEIs. And they kind of got away from that. There was a guy named Fitzroy Brand that was a great great uh, advocate of athletics that, uh, and uh, that would knew the value of it helping young people get off the island. And he not, he not only did basketball, he did other sports. He, did, he was into music and other things. It wasn't just all basketball, but he really encouraged him as director of sports and stuff and tourism to, to do those kind of things. And so I found that to be interesting. You don't, ha you don't have that in every island. I think that's the other thing is what, you know, it's like anything in the state. If, if you've got a superintendent and a principal that, that have athletic backgrounds, football, basketball, soccer, baseball, or whatever, those athletic teams can be pretty good. Uh, same way with uh, the college level, same way at these islands. Uh, if those people have that type of experience or have that, they're going to have, they're going to help find money. And that seems to be the big issue, I think, in the Caribbean is exposure, the finances, and then the rules. So if you see a kid that's that's on the island that may be a D3 or, or a D2 player, um, you see a lot of incentive for that kid to want to come to you to use basketball as an opportunity to get off the island to come to the U.S. to study? It, I do, uh, and, and there's always that that can be done, because there are uh, colleges that have international monies that, that can be taken, even some in Division threes that, that do it. They'll say they don't have full rides or athletic scholarships, but there's other things they, they do creatively that, that happens, and now they can tell me that, but I've recruited against them too many times to know what goes on. Hmm. So, yeah, you know, anytime you have an opportunity to step outside and, and get an education and come back, or stay in the states like many have done. Uh, I find those uh, well. I find them to be very focused in that. I used to tell one of my players, uh, and he's not. He's very uh, uh, enthusiastically involved in the island of Montserrat. He helped him build, helped him get a, a, a covered facility, an indoor facility. And, and I asked him one time, because he was, he was struggling in the class, or it was maybe running a mile. I said, Genzel, I said, how long can you tread water? 
He says, Coach, what are you talking about? I says, because if you don't get this mile done and you don't get those grades up, you're going to be treading water all the way back to Montserrat. He understood that. He understood <laughs> that. <laughs> and he got it taken care of. And most of them do. Anytime you're playing outside and you're playing on concrete. Now, I just did a survey today with several kids from our campus. How many of you guys, when was the last time you played outdoors? Oh, I was probably less than a third or fourth of them put their hands up. You know, that was the thing that you did, and that's what those guys do. I've seen guys down the islands take charges, dive headlong on the cement and the asphalt, be outside doing camp when it's 80 degrees, and the humidity just sucks the in the rain and everything is the same thing in Malaysia there was no indoor courts yeah so you know if it rains you're, you're, you're done you, yeah you gotta wait until you either scrub it off or whatever yep same problem you have in, in uh, now Antigua's pretty good they have a covered facility but the floor is concrete now they've got glass boards it's a nice and, and good seating but that's about it. The rest are outdoors, and they, they thought they were going to have a really nice one, but they didn't have now. St. Kitts is planted one. Montserrat has one. St. Martin has a cover facility, a, nice, a decent mm. one. The best one, I think, is in Barbados, and, and uh, also Turks and Caicos is not bad, uh, and, and uh, Trinidad has several nice indoor mm. basketballs, which we call. Now, Suriname, where we played the... Uh, uh, FIBA Cup, World Cup, they had wanted to see about three or 4,000, but the problem was they didn't have air conditioning. The floor was like glass. Yeah. I mean, it was like glass. I mean, you know, they tried to mop it up. They didn't use big industrial fans, so it was it was tricky to play there. But we're working on a sister city program with Antigua, meaning cultural, uh, education, sport, tourism, uh, music, and so forth, which I think will help. And uh, and we've brought down some of the NCAA rules, how to, you know, and talk to the kids and the parents and stuff and coaches about the different international rules the NCAA has to come out with. And one of the keys is they got to get their SAT or ACT taken care of. Now, if they're non-English speaking, uh, then the TOEFL comes into play with that, as you well know. Now, the Caribbean, that's not a problem for the most part. Um, okay. So, yeah, those are issues that, uh, you know, that need to be solved in there. And, and the last part is this. I think hopefully Coach Layton and I are able to do some camps and get exposure. And, you know, I can be out. We're looking for sponsors to help with that. Yeah. Uh, to get those kids that opportunity to come. And, and we're going to set up maybe an international tournament in Danville so the coaches can't see them. That's great. If some, if any of our listeners want to get a hold of you, do you have an email address? Yes, it's coachmajorinc.com. Uh, uh, that's all lower caps. Uh, that's S P E Z I A. Then it's I N C. It's Coach Bajan. Uh, I N C at AOL dot com or Reach One Coach One at Gmail dot com. Right. Uh, I look forward to hearing from. Uh, and I get I deal with a lot of coaches across the country. Uh, I have an email list I send out. Same with colleges. So I'll be uh, looking forward to this. So. Great, Coach Bajan. Thanks a lot for being on here today and appreciate you taking the time to talk to us well thank you thanks again for listening to the basketball connections podcast we hope you enjoyed this episode from coach spasia and that you'll subscribe today and look forward to the next episodes to come thanks again